friend. Welcome to the Olive Branch Mom Podcast. My name is Bridget Adler, a Catholic mom of four turned religion teacher. Each week you'll hear interviews, tips, and strategies to grow in faith and find peace in the chaos, while we extend the proverbial olive branch from one spiritual viewpoint to another. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump right into it. We're going to be talking about the news today, right? Yeah, we're talking about the news today, limiting um, news and, you know, I guess you can include other online content, like inputs, you know, online inputs, whether that be news or Twitter feeds, social media, let's just group it all together. What do you think? Sounds good. Yeah, because most of it, I don't know, I feel like I went from checking certain things that would come in my email every single day to just going straight to the websites now, you know, it's like, I used yeah. to have like the certain things that I would read every yeah. morning. And now I just go straight to the websites or, you know, um, Facebook has news on there that kind of summarizes things up in interesting articles with their logarithm so that you will have exactly what you're looking for all the time too. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but I've definitely cut down on my overall um, I don't check like a lot of different websites or news sources anymore, which I used to do like all the time. Like I would get yeah. like, article digest type things in my email and I would check those and read those, like whatever interests me every single day. And I yeah. also don't watch a ton of news on, I don't watch any news on TV really. Do you? Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, I used to, that's the thing. Um, and I think the key part, and I'm I'm looking for um, I'm looking for you sent me something about um, I believe it's a book about you know the meditations before mass, right? Yeah. And I want to talk about this because I think it's important because I think when you first start talking about like limiting news and other inputs, other like Google searches or Facebook media feeds. Um, the immediate response is like, well, this is like my five minutes to myself. And I just want to, I just want to like, no, it's, it's a, again, it's like a number, another numbing thing. But the other thing I hear a lot is like, well, I won't be abreast of current events. So I'm not on the news. And I think what's interesting, like, you know, the whole purpose of the stillness diet is to create space for your own innate wisdom. And I thought that the meditations on mass had a really important section that talks about how you cannot create that space. If there's already something in, you know what I mean? If you're always genuinely sort of getting pulled every which way. So this is the quote, we are constantly stormed by violent and chaotic impressions at once powerful and superficial. They're soon exhausted only to be replaced by others. They are immoderate and disconnected one contradicting, disturbing and obstructing another. This state of affairs exists not only around us, but within us. So there's so much more there that I love, but um, I think that's true. And I think you can look at, point at the news and social media and, and different things that are trying to vie for your attention as that state. It's a chaotic state that is intended to arouse, um, incite some sort of emotional reaction, and we electively go to it to have that reaction, right? And it's in my view, can create and contribute to a chaotic internal feeling when you're constantly being bombarded and consuming those types of things. And the news is one of those things. And again, I think people have this like the news, but it's like, 
a lot of this is gossip. A lot of like, I don't know, a lot of it, I'm just not convinced a lot of the times when it's like, I really need to be informed. It's like, but what are you really reading stuff that informs you? You want to be informed, read a book. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's informing. But a lot of the stuff I see, and I think this isn't, I don't think fake news is new. I think it's been around for a long time, but it's like, I think of like as a society of culture, as people, we tend to just be drawn things that are sensationalized, that sensationalize things, right? And it's like, to be into the news, you have to acknowledge that you are a consumer and there is a goal in the person producing to get you to sign in, to read longer, read more and get to the ads at the bottom of the page, get to the clickbait. They have an incentive for you to read. So knowing that it'd be like, you have to acknowledge, I feel like that's one of the things that is missed in the conversation. It's like, you can like gambling, but know the house always wins. It's the same with news and media. It's so, it's made so addictive. It's very hard to pull back, which is why as part of the sunless diet, one of the key steps is really looking at your media consumption habits and determining how to pull back and how to limit. Absolutely. I mean, people forget, like, I mean, they like, okay. So I feel like people like to blame certain political groups for certain news that they're seeing, like the mainstream media is this, or this is that. And it's like really at the heart of it all is it's a monetary system. It's like someone is benefiting from your attention being monetized and yes. where's that going? It's not yes. necessarily some big bad boogeyman of some, you know, political force or entity. It's usually just pure money. And, you know, they know they can grab your, your time and your attention because your time is a commodity that they're using for advertising. And that's been at the heart of, you know, media from the beginning. So yeah. people kind of lose sight of that when they get in the weeds of the political stances and things like that. And and you bring up something that has been on my mind lately. So I think, um, you know, religious attendance and religiosity has been declining in the U S for a while now. I really think politics is the new church in a lot of ways. People, whereas previously had sort of an identification with like, I'm Lutheran, I'm Catholic, I'm whatever, because we're seeing such declines in sort of church membership and um, to religious attendance, I find it interesting that I view a bit of an uptick in political affiliation and participation. Um, and this is really driven by media and really driven by social media. And it's really given people sort of yet another outlet to, I think, feel a sense of belonging. Um, but again, to one end, right? Because you know, you can argue either side about like, you know, what the, the, what the institution of the church is trying to do and what it's trying to use like attendance for. But I think it's like you said, very cut and dry what the media is using, (laughs) like your attention towards money. They want to make money, advertise money. You know, I don't think they particularly care if you're very well rounded or informed. The Facebook algorithms are intended to give you what you like to read. So you're very unlikely to pick up something or read something that is a, about the opposing viewpoint. It's going to be like, I'm right.com, a feed of that, right? <laughs> and what you really create in yourself um, to create an overdeveloped ego with like, ah, oh, you see this? Yes, this article, like we're right on this issue and the other side's craziness. You know what I mean? It, it's to me, it like perpetuates identification with that chaos that we are trying as part of the stillness diet to pull back from. It doesn't mean that we get, we don't get caught up in it. Of course we do. I've been, I've been trying to live like this for a while and I still do. And I still get thrown off, but by limiting your, your exposure to something, it does allow you to form your own opinions about things. And 
especially in some of the really divisive incidents we've had in this country that have been politically minded. And I'm in DC mind. Okay. It's surrounding me. It's been lovely not watching the news and like not reading my friend's political posts because ignorance is bliss and I'm able to sort of just navigate without it. And I can't say that I've been harmed by not knowing what's going on because yeah. you people tell you, like, I'm, I'm aware that there's war right now with Russia and the Ukraine. I'm aware of that. Okay. I didn't read a newspaper. I'm, I know what's happening. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's funny how, when you pull back from it, you still know what you need to know. Right. But there's a lot of the, the, you know, I think, um, one of my favorite podcasts calls it, um, potato chip news, Gretchen Rubin, potato chip news, just like not real news. It's just like fast food. It's just like, oh, this feels good to read. Let's read about Johnny Depp's ex-wife and you know what I mean? And it's not, well, I mean, exactly. I mean, what are, what are we actually thinking is really news here? I mean, most of it is just attention grabbing entertainment. It's not necessarily news, especially like I'm just when you were talking, I was just thinking about like the last time or last few times I've ever watched local news because like here, um, like across the river from Minneapolis, we get all the Minnesota news. So I always think it's really funny because anytime anything happens, they dredge up a Minnesotan that has a relative (laughs) was related to this somehow or they were there like they find the minnesotan that they can interview and it's like their fresh perspective the minnesota perspective on you know whatever like somehow they find somebody or a relative yeah. of somebody and they interview yeah. them and i just think that's like so cute like <laughs> and then it's on like every like the new the local news it's like on early morning then there's mid-morning then there's like lunchtime then there's like later in the day and then evening I'm like oh my gosh it's just the same you know if you've ever left the tv on all day and like observed this it's literally the exact same stuff like regurgitated but like in a very dramatic fashion you know and it's like yeah you know if you if you get sucked into watching that and letting that fill your mind it just changes your perspective in this in this like strange little way it's like okay if you're gonna just watch the local news per se you're gonna get like the highlights of some of the international and national news but a whole lot of you know this minnesotan that's related to a ukrainian the blah 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 you know i mean yeah <laughs> which is fine i mean it's good to have a more local perspective i think on a lot of stuff but like yeah. i i think the other problem is is that you know we get so sucked into like the the entertainment value of things like the up to minute updates of this, this, and that, where in the end, it just like, it's really amounts to not a whole lot of change in the real event that you're observing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just more about, again, getting your attention, raising your blood pressure a little bit, getting you emotionally involved. Yeah. You're following it kind of like this drama, you know, Yes. you love drama. Right. We love drama. And so let me tell you a story about this. I think it's interesting. So um, I don't read the news and um, I knew from other people that there was conversations about Russia and Ukraine, but that's like, I it was just doing my job living my life. So one night I go to bed and um, I cannot sleep. And then when I say I can't sleep, I mean, like, I feel like I feel now like completely wide awake. And this is very unusual for me. And I'm like, what is going on? It's so weird. So I laid in bed like that until like two, 3 a.m. in the morning. And then I finally fell asleep. I woke up the next day and I'm like, what was that? Oh, that's so weird. And then I get to work and 
a colleague's like, oh, Russia invaded Ukraine last night. And I was like, interesting. So even when not reading the news, my theory, I'm, I feel like we, again, I feel like we're all very connected. And I feel like the anxiety about this news and the collective emphasis and energy on it literally kept me awake. I swear to God, there's no other explanation for it. I was like, wow, I'm like that sensitive and I'm like picking up people's anxiety. Another time this happened was when the Capitol was raided. Um, that same day was the same sort of feeling. I'm, What's going on? And they find out later and I'm like, oh God, I'm like, Ugh. so even when you're not engaging in it, I feel like the collective emphasis and the energy, your mind is so powerful. And that's what I love. This meditations before mass really captures your mind and your thoughts are super powerful. And if you are not present in your life and you are engaging in energy from places and things that are, don't come from you, it creates, you know what I mean? It creates this like swirling chaotic feel and it's something that I felt even in not engaging in it. Like I was just completely like, it just jolted awake from these, these vibes of like, something's happening. You know what I mean? It was like crazy, but it reminded me, um, what's cool about the stillness diet. You become connected in a different way. Like you don't need a tweet. You know, that the tsunami that like no animal drowned in because all the animals knew it was coming and like ran up the hill or whatever. Like it felt like that, like sort of like tapping into a deeper knowledge within yourself that has nothing to do with anything on the news, but is your own innate, like, ah, something feels weird. Something feels wrong. And even though it was annoying that I was like up really late, it was kind of nice being like, I feel like this is cool. I feel like this is progress because now at least I'm tapping into something that's within me. Right. Versus like having somebody else tell me, oh, this thing is happening. You need to be really, you know what I mean? It just felt like a, a small validation in a little way about the living the stillness diet. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I think there was a lot of people that had similar experience around the time of um, when the, you know, coronavirus first became in the news and aware, like there was a lot of people that had kind of collective reactions, I'd say too, like these big events have these aftershock kind of, of emotions that occur that affect us all. But, um, Something that you were saying reminded me, oh, when you were talking about meditations um, before mass, there was a chapter before the one that I sent you that was about silence. And um, this book is by a, a, a priest and he wrote it like a hundred years ago. <laughs> and, and, but it all came up because, uh, all came to be because he would come to mass early and he would give these little talks to his parishioners to prepare them to participate in the mass. So eventually it became put into you know, words and um, written words into a book, right? So he talked about how um, in the first chapter, how we have this intolerance for silence. So we have this need, even when there's moments of silence, you know, at mass or when you're at a group event and you, someone will cough, just, they don't even need to cough. They're coughing, you know, just to, or they'll like, tap their fingers or something will happen to fill that like awkward silence. And I think that's, was like a really interesting observation because if you do sit back and watch at events where there's moments of silence, it's like some people really have an intolerance for these moments of silence. So I think like when you, you, you're thinking about the stillness diet as a whole and the other topics we've already talked about and the news too, like this is just another way 
a filling that silence that we are uncomfortable with. So, and everybody has like a certain degree, a level, a personal, you know, attachment to it. Like for me, it's not a big deal to give up. I don't like feel like I'm giving up much by not paying close attention to the news cycle because I've never been one of those people that was like right there like with all the information and couldn't like, you know what I mean? I'm always yeah. the person that finds out later that something happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, like our neighbor lady is very elderly. And like at one time an ambulance came for her and all of her neighbors are like, did you know, see that? I'm like, no, I didn't even see that. Like, I'm not looking like out my outside of my house when I'm at home. You know, I'm in my home now. It's like, I'm not looking around and seeing what my neighbors are doing. You know, yeah. I'm just like not naturally like that so like yeah again so I'm not seeking out like a ton of like oh my gosh what is this you know and it, like, yeah. it's kind of funny too because like one of my um good friends her husband appear is like kind of like a weather watcher guy like he's like really okay what's the weather like he's uh, he's like checking the weather all the time like, <laughs> yeah. like he wants to be like right on the instant information he's watching the satellite footage he's like checking this checking this website he's like okay what about later today what could it be then like he's just super you know I mean the weather I mean this is a topic like classic topic of conversation right yeah (laughs) and it just points to our innate humanity that we can never escape what is like our humanity which is our need to be attuned to what's going on with the weather it affects us personally no matter how sophisticated we are no matter how technologically advanced we are it still matters if it's raining outside it's snowing or whatever like this what's so what's so funny about that though is we know we all know the same type of personality maybe they have the news on all day or maybe they're all looking out the window at their neighbors or maybe i think it's a way of I think feeling a sense of control and calm about something like, well, if I know the weather, I'm then prepared. I won't get rained on. I won't get hurt in an accident. I won't get, it's all sort of, and the news functions in the same way. Well, if I know what's going on with this like murder across town, then I find out that they're drug dealers and, oh, I'm safe because I'm not a drug dealer. It's a way of like seeing, having this stimulus and then being like, well, I'm safe because X, Y, Z. You know what I mean? Like, well, this is why. And it's like these different compulsions we have as humans prevents us from, again, tapping into that innate spirit, right? That can speak to us at different times. You know, you want to learn the weather and be with the weather. You know, sailors back in the day didn't have AccuV weather, but they could know and sense that a storm was coming. Why? They were present. <laughs> like, and it was their ass if they didn't, right? It's like this, you know, we, you know, Red sky at night, sailor's delay, red sky in the morning, like these dumb little, you know, morphisms, but like it meant something. And, and even if meditations at mass was written a hundred years ago, you know, still in the past, people still struggled with this, even without some of the technology. And I think something that the technology really enables and delivering us at the moment news, delivering us at the moment, weather, you can really create these impulsive behaviors that feed into our sense of control. And ultimately that's what this is all about is divorcing yourself with that, being comfortable with silence and seeing what comes up. Again, the fun in this is when you pull back completely and then you start seeing spirit speaking to you, right? And that's what the whole point of Matt, right? You're like, that's that lovely exchange when you do go to a worship place and or someone's out at nature or like whatever your tradition is, like, once you're emptied, you can see it speaking to you. And, you know, even if you're not reading the news all the time, say someone sends you an article and all of a sudden that article is 
very significant to you. Why? Because you're not reading stuff all day and you see something in there that is maybe an answer to a prayer you had, or you know what I mean? If you're constantly looking at it, it's really hard. It's all the same, right? It's, it just becomes this frequency. But if you divorce yourself from it a little bit, pull back, start trusting your inner guide, those can be tools that spirit can use to reach you and to direct you in different ways. But if you're constantly flooding your system, you know, you stop responding to the input at some point, it's just like constant flow, flow, flow. And then you can't discern what might be a message or a signal to you and what's just like all chaos and anxiety. Well, yeah, I mean, um, like I think when, if we can become more connected to our own human nature and like the nature outside of us, the world outside of us, that helps us to put in proper perspective, this need for control. Um, and I was going to read a little bit from this composure chapter that I sent you because it says yeah. the phenomena of nature intrigue man, they attract and bind, but because they are natural, they have a calming collecting influence by okay, nature, making up the realities that make up human existence, encounter and destiny, work and pleasure, sickness and accident, life and death. But this is what gives our life earnestness and weight. So it's like, again, the, the natural flow of nature and growth and decay and all these things. It's like, we are so innately to attuned to it, even after all of our means and methods and desires to kind of distance ourselves from that reality. Right. Cause we've surrounded yes. ourselves with things that can kind of erase the outside world. <laughs> You yeah. know, we're like in our little houses, climate controlled. Yep. A lot of people very rarely go outside and take a walk in actual nature, but when they do, they find out like it has this calming centering kind of influence on us when we're participating in that. And it was really interesting because last night you're driving home from the atrium and um, my son was saying like how they figure out, they taught him how to figure out the date for Easter. And it's attuned to when the equinox is and then the next full moon. <laughs> He's like, it's so cool how astronomy plays into all, like our calendar and everything like that. And we were talking with this little sister about it. And, and she's like, well, why? I mean, we have clocks and computers to figure this stuff out. I'm like, well, they didn't 2000 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> up to the, like the last hundred years, like people were winding their watches and winding their clocks. And if they forgot, yeah. then, uh-oh, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're looking at the position of the sun and like pay, paying attention to that. It's like we have, we keep seeking to erase that like innate connection that we were built with. Like we were created yes. by God and to have this connection to um, external realities. Yes. And where has it gotten us? Unsettled. <laughs> exactly. Where has it gotten us? And whenever I have moments. So like I was on vacation, we missed the recording. I was on vacation and, um, you know, I'm like, well, I'm on vacation. I'm going to like, I'm going to like come off the stillness diet for a little bit. And I'm going to read some things and be on my phone more and da da da. And, you know, the first few days I'm like, this is fun. I love listening to music, getting ready. I love like, yes, this is great. All this input's awesome. And then halfway through, I started having, I started getting like, what if I have this weird medical condition? Like out of nowhere, I'm like, what, what is happening? That happened. And then a mundane work, um, interview became this huge stressor. And I was freaking out about it, talking to everybody about it. Like thinking that I woke up and think about it, go to bed, think about it. 
And I'm like, oh God, where's all this stuff coming from? Like I, I'm like, what, ha- what happened to me? It's like a lightning bolt. And then I came back from vacation and I'm like, oh, I wonder if it's at all related. And I'm not saying it is or it isn't. I just think it's interesting that the second I started like letting outside stuff in, right? More than what I had done before. All of a sudden, all these similar anxieties came back. All of a sudden, all these obsessive thoughts started coming back. All of a sudden, and I was just like, ah, so I, you know, I'm like, okay, well, back on, back on still inside. I'm not doing any of this stuff anymore. And, you know, my in quote problems are still there, but there's space around it. And the moment that an anxious thought comes in, I'm like, oh, okay. Like I can acknowledge what it is. Whereas before on vacation, I was like letting all this stuff in, I would start identifying with it. And I think that's like, the biggest thing that this creates in your life is just a tiny bit of space around the things that you think are so darn important. But if you just give yourself a little bit of time to think about it, be like, well, and that's what meditations before mass, this really hits it on the head. It's basically like, let me pull it up. Cause I have to read it. I, I just, oh, I got a, I've got a good section for you, right? Go ahead, please, please. Cause it's in there. Yeah. Well, this I think is kind of hitting on a lot of the same stuff here left to itself life will always turn outward towards the multiplicity of things and events and this natural inclination must be counterbalanced considered for a moment the nature of respiration it has two directions outward and inward both are vital each is a part of this elementary function of life neither is all of it a living organized organism that only exhaled or only inhaled would soon suffocate composure is the spiritual man's inhalation by which from deep within he collects his scattered self and returns to his center. Amen. That's amazing. I'm sorry. That's amazing. That says it all, right? Mm-hmm. That's so I had to send it to you. I'm like, this, yeah, that's, this it's is beautiful. Amazing. I love it. The book is amazing. That book is amazing. He has put his, I feel like there is a lot of um, great literature that is like these people have moments um, maybe sustained moments of like really understanding. And when it's put into these books, it's like, this is, it's like, this is what I've been trying to tell. I feel like it's such an arrow, right. To sort of like Jesus's teachings and like, this is what I've been trying to tell you on this, this well, thing. Right. We all know essential truths and realities that we just need to be continually reminded of. Yeah. You know, and when you read something like this, that really resonates with you, then you're like, wow, you know, this is validating those inner feelings that I couldn't put words to or Correct. those inner realities, you know, cause we were built a certain way. Well, we're all human and like to be, we have these similar needs and this paying attention to this, um, your own attention, lack of attention, composure and distraction. I mean, we built this kind of cocoon around ourselves to stop us from, confronting those realities because it's a lot more comfortable to be, you know, entertained and distracted and not deal with your own personal self because that could raise up emotions and who wants to deal with emotions, right? Who wants to, yeah. <laughs> who wants to confront a reality that we're being too controlling? We should probably change. Like, I mean, people don't want to like get out of their comfort zone as a rule. Like we are comfort seeking humans, I would say as in general, I'm like, I love being comfortable. You know, yeah. I, I mean, as old, the older I get, the more comfortable I want to be, yep. you know? <laughs> but you know, with that does not come any kind of growth. I mean, if you don't accept any challenges in life, you're just going to stagnate, you know, yep. and some people are okay with that stagnation in their seasons of life where you are going to be 
less active and less willing to take challenges and less yes. like look at yourself or make any changes because you're just maybe in survival mode or yeah. you've got external factors happening that are taking your attention away too. However, like, I think we all have that built-in creativity. That's just part of being human. I mean, look, I mean, the I think this creativity is what drives us to continually take on challenges, look, look at ourselves and want to change because yeah. I mean, everybody has this creative spirit within them, even if they think they don't, they do. Mm -hmm. Like there's mm -hmm. something going on in your life right now that you are being a creator. I mean, humans are just made to be like this, to take the raw materials that God has presented and to make something amazing with it. I mean, you, it's so funny. It's like <laughs> this little boy that's in the Thursday morning atrium that I just like think he has got the best insights. We were sitting in uh, the chapel talking about this meditation, about the uh, timeline of history of God. And, and the main catechist was saying, she's like, you know, we are different, you know, you know, God created animals and then man was created and we're different from animals, you know, and this, she's like, well, you know, could animals have made this chapel, right? And this little boy is like, <laughs> he's like, well, if monkeys built this chapel, they would just be sitting here throwing around a lot of bananas. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's not wrong. The chap they can't. I mean, think of like the cathedrals of the world or like the pyramids that we still don't quite know exactly how or why things were made in there the like ancient sense. And then they somehow they found the technology or the ability or manpower to build these things that seem insurmountable even now, you yeah. know. But like that is like the gift that we have been given is to be this like level of creativity. Yeah. And that I also, you know, is being addressed to ourselves like our own spiritual growth and this need to always there's something within us that's always seeking right yeah I totally agree and I think the thing that we can learn most from animals is no they can't build cathedrals but the more we learn about um animal in the animal kingdom the more we understand how similar they are to the language development the use of tools all these things that we thought were uniquely human are no longer human right basically like just because we know more and we're more experiencing more um and I think what's interesting, especially about the um, preparations before mass is talking about, you know, in a way to be fully present in the moment is that is the way an ant is. And that is the way a deer is. And there's no sort of like um, that compulsion that you see in like humankind and a way to learn from the animal to be right. And to sort of see how they go with the flow. We're checking the weather. They already know what the weather is because they've already, they can already sense what it is, right? So it's like not in getting, not getting back to that state, but also preserving the fact that we are so creative and combining it with the fact that we are animals, we are animals, right? Like those two things together can be so powerful. Think of what more beauty you can create once you are intact, once you are sort of linked and grounded into, into your like your human nature, human spirit, right? think how much more. And we already see evidence of examples of that of art where you're really moved by something or even that book, like you're just moved by it. You're like, wow. And it's like, there's a human who has connected themselves, right. With that something greater with that innate knowledge and power. And they were able to create this because of that. There are some people, some artists that I'm like, how, I don't understand like how you made this so freaking amazing. 
but it's like, that's how they did it. They, it wasn't them. It was like, you know, that whole concept of like, it is not that me that's great. It's the spirit within me. And I think the true artists really understand this. They're like, I'm not creating anything. I'm a channel, right. For that one, oneness and knowledge that's within all of us, that spark that's within you and me. And so it's just fun to think about. And the benefit that you get from like divorcing yourself from like news media crap, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff is you make room for more of that. Cause the more of that outside stuff you let in, it just leeches in just like my experience on a vacation. I'm just like, where did these anxious thoughts come from? Where did all this chaos come from? Well, I let it in. It's like vampires, right? Like I let it in. It came in and stayed for dinner. So again, I, I noticed a sense of peace and calm. I feel like when I've, when I've done my best to shut off those energy suckers, right. They're trying to pull it out of me and really, you know, bring in my own energy, which is again, you're not doing, if you have the TV on all day, which I see a lot, right. Oh, you know, at work, you'll have like a TV in your office or, you know, your boss will whatever. And the thing's on like all day. And it's just sort of like, what is this for? But I think to your point, silence is scary, right? In general. And having that constant, it creates this feeling of like energy, but it's not your energy. It's like energy from elsewhere. And it doesn't necessarily benefit you. Well, I mean, overall, definitely it's all, it all kind of just comes back to our need for, um, well, I, let me think what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> like overall, you know, humans have become to the point where we're inundated so much with so much stimuli that to step back from that is so foreign. Yes. But when you do to go back to it is just really hard Yeah. as well. So like having the TV on all day, it's just because someone wants background noise, really. And then occasionally some additional distractions on top of their other distractions to keep them yeah. dealing with, you know, the what's go- really going on or what's happening, right? So we're, it's all that kind of like numbing band-aid stuff. Yeah. But I mean, it's once you fall back into like having all that noise and all that, like you were saying before, like you start to like, you know, add all these things back in that you had eliminated, things change, you know, yep. pretty rapidly and you become, a, you know, accustomed to it again. But when you step back and have a lot of silence around you, it's kind of like um, when all my kids were really, really little and like, you know, my husband would take them somewhere and I would be home and it, I'm like, wow, it's really quiet in here. You know, like... <laughs> I didn't know it could be this quiet anymore. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, well, this is really weird, you know, yeah. but then, you know, now that they're older and like, I'll be at home all by myself for like, you know, the day or something. I'm like, yeah, I mean, this quietness is very normal. You yeah. know, we just kind of build into ourselves, these different levels of acceptance, I think with the, with the sound and the noise. But at our, at our heart, like we can't truly think, we can't truly contemplate, we can't truly connect with God without these moments of silence. Because I think yeah. a lot of times in prayer, people are looking to speak with God. They're looking to talk to God, but they just want to talk. They don't want to listen. They don't want to listen. Or they don't know yeah. how. Like, yes, I think that's this the, is the, the thing. thing. Yep. Right. Because we need to allow ourselves a certain way to learn methods to relax ourselves to like calm ourselves to center ourselves to bring our focus in 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 a way that is 
difficult to do when you're not used to it. So it's like, it's, yeah. again, it's like a practice. It's like the more, yeah. the more you do it, the easier it gets. Yep. And I totally agree. Absolutely. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's kind of like I was telling a friend, uh, the first time I prayed a group rosary, like I, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, you know, complicated. Like this bead means that, and this bead means this. And then, then there's an extra prayer at the end here and this one there. And then now I just do it automatically. Cause like, I've done it so many different times. It's like, yep. me. yeah. Know? So, but we all have to start somewhere and it's yes. like to honor the fact that when you, wherever you start is okay. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like building on something. It's like, yes. it's like a little baby steps that people start with. Like you can yeah. like, this is honorable. This is good. This is progress. Yeah. Even though this you don't progress. necessarily see it. Cause like there, there was something uh, in the atrium too. It's called the growing seed. And so they have this like little drawing and there's a seed planted. Okay. What do you see above the ground? Nothing. Right. Another week passes, nothing's above the ground yet, right? But there's some mm-hmm. roots coming out of the seed. Another week passes, there's like a little sprig. Oh, we see something now. Yeah. <laughs> and like the roots are coming and the seed is like disintegrating. It's no longer the seed, right? And then another week passes, do you see the seed anymore? No, all you see is no. a plant. Mm-hmm. So the seed has transformed. It is no longer yeah. the seed. But yeah. in all that time we were waiting. Like there was a week yes. of waiting where we weren't. It's so true. So like, this is like when we're like, oh God, help me with this, you know, answer this prayer and he's working, but you don't see anything yet, but that doesn't mean anything's, nothing's happening. Like things are yeah. happening that you're not aware of, <laughs> you know, it's like things are happening. Yeah. At a level that you are not aware of. So it's so like this seed growing underground after a few yeah. weeks, you see a tiny sign of something right? This is our plant, but it looks nothing like the plant is going to be when it's full grown. You know, eventually it's like, uh, it's the parable. Like if a seed falls to the ground and dies, then it brings much life. The seed has to die and change to a plant to bring life, bring all these stocks of more seeds and more, you know, life to other, you know, animals that might be eating and people who are going to need it and things like that. So it's like this parable that Jesus was saying about his dying and rising, but it's very relevant to us in our own personal lives. That's why I love the parables so much. Cause like every, I mean, he's not going to sit there and be like, okay, so I told you that this means X, Y, and Z. So this is exactly what I want you to take from this. Yeah. You know, Jesus realized that some of us need to like have thing realities told to us in a story form like this so that we can interpret and we can wonder and we can apply this in a variety of different ways it's it's truly fascinating i love the parables but that one's it really fascinating. Good one. but i think again um meditations on mass makes a good point don't think that you can in tune from scripture or engage with scripture while your mind is chaotic and you're engaging in all these different inputs and you're living your life a certain way it will not work and the reason it will not work is that whole breathing metaphor, respiration. There's got to be an intake and an outbreath. And you, if you are not outbreathing anything, you're not releasing anything from your life that is not allowing stillness in your life. You cannot get, it's almost like you're blocking yourself. Like you cannot get to, you can't get through this, the shell to understand and get, get that, in, that intelligence, right. That you're, that you've been asking for. Another thing I would just add to this is like podcast is another, um, you know, they can be really great, but man, do people really, when I see people walking outside nine times out of 10, they're on the phone or they're listening to a podcast. And it's like, 
I did this a lot when I had an infant too, because again, so uncomfortable with silence. It was so, and that's what you have a lot of you in your, in your intervening silence. And then like these awful chaotic moments where like the infant is like losing their mind. So it's like podcasts are what I used to numb myself. I would have them on from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to sleep on all the time, the constant, like constant humming frequency. So I would definitely just throw out there that podcasts are another one where it's like news and quotes news, but you know, after going on this stillness diet and only listening to podcasts when I monotask, like sit down to listen to a podcast absent that I can't tell you what I've missed about it. Isn't that weird? Like I wonder all the content, all those years I spent listening to them day in and day out. And like, what did I learn? I don't think there was like a single thing. I think it literally was just a way to, to calm and to numb. So it's like, and we, you know, in our future podcast, I think next week may be prayer meditation week. And then the week after um, something called managing your spirit, which is all about how to listen and how to sort of like, you know, ask for signs and all that cool stuff. But to your point, a lot of times we think nothing's where nothing's happening. And that's forever. But it's like, you have to see, like, have you exhaled? Have you, what have you let go of? Like, what, what have you sort of made space for? Because that's why it's the first step of the diet. If you can't eliminate the crap that's been in you for years or however many long it is, you cannot fill a cup that's full. It will just overflow. It will not land where it needs to. Well, when you were just talking, I was kind of thinking about, cause right now we're currently in the season of Lent. Catholics quite often will give up something sacrificially, like they're fasting from something. So what's really popular <laughs> traditionally is always chocolate and uh, TV or social media. So you'll see a lot of Catholics will just go on a, I'm going to be off of Facebook for all of Lent, or I'm going to be off of Instagram for all of Lent. So they're basically, you know, taking a chunk of something that is drawing their attention and putting it aside so that they can refocus their attention in a positive way towards their spiritual life. Hopefully is the, I mean, if you're, if you're truly doing this with the, the positive intentions, right? You're giving this up as a sacrifice to be reminded of Christ's sacrifices for us, but also like out of love, a sign of your love. Like I'm giving this up. I'm sacrificing something out of love, but also replacing it with something positive, like maybe um, like a prayer time or a devotional time or, but you're most of the time, a lot of the things that people are fasting from our attention filling moments. So yes, during Lent, you know, like if you are thinking about it, like what are you going to refill that time with? So be really intentional about like, I'm going to use this time wisely that I've been formerly engaged in watching Netflix for hours on end or formally looking at Facebook all day, whatever else. Because once that person has that taken away, they feel like they need to fill it with something. So then they end up filling it with something else that's also similar instead yeah. of like, I'm going to give up chocolate, but I'm going to still have ice cream. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's human which, nature, right? It is human nature, which is, yeah. I mean, it's a really, a really fun idea to say, you know, during Lent, do I go on the stillness diet? We talk, we'll talk about this later. We have a chapter that talks about like, how to incorporate this into your life. And I think that's one approach is to say cold Turkey Lent is stillness diet. You know what I mean? Like the, the whole purpose of the season, I think it matches very closely sort of like the intent of Lent, um, which could be really cool, but yeah, no, that's a really good point. It is the Lenten season and this is the perfect time to sort of start incorporating these concepts into your Lenten practice. Right. I mean, people are going into the desert proverbially 
proverbially, sorry, <laughs> with Jesus. I mean, he went into the desert. He was alone, you know, fasting for 40 yep. days, you know, and we're going into our own spiritual desert. So for instance, for Lent, I gave up listening to my favorite talk radio station that I would always oh, listen to in the car. And it was super entertaining. And they just would talk about like pop, pop culture things, celebrities, just funny stuff in the news, funny stories, stuff like that. And um, I would listen to it in the car, like if I was driving somewhere a little bit longer. And sometimes I would listen to it, like probably once a day, I'd put it on while I was cooking or something with their, through their streaming services. So I'm like, you know, the thought occurred to me to give this up. And, and then I instantly thought, no way, I really don't want to do that. So that was a sign that was a, a really good thing to give up <laughs> because yep, I think so it too. was a, it's a sacrifice for me not to listen to that. Whereas well, other I, things you give up, yes. you know, you're just kind of, it's like a token sacrifice. The token that. sacrifice. And the thing it's not really that bad. You're the just, thing that's important about those two is like, you know, yes, you go on a strict, you know, we recommend just trying it out, just go cold turkey. If you're driving, you should be driving. Nothing else should be happening except the drive and being comfortable with being uncomfortable, being by yourself in the car with in quotes, nothing to do. But as you achieve what you're looking to achieve and like, you can add things back in, like the whole point again of Lent, like it's not, it's not right for everybody to live this way. We're not all monks, right? Like we don't need, you don't need to, if you really miss the talk radio, add it back in. But I think the key is if you never drop it, you will always wonder, you know what I mean? Like if you really want to and I think this is the reason I love this process is it's a solution for someone that doesn't have like three grand to go to a silent retreat or, you know what I mean? There are all these expensive, expensive options to give you a sense of like a new perspective on your life, right? This is one that is free. It's free. It's just you changing the way you approach your life and being okay and comfortable. Cause once you eliminate, okay, so we've eliminated the news, you've put down your phone. Like think of all the, the steps that you've gone through to get to this point. You're going to have a lot of silence, <laughs> you have plenty of free time and plenty of silence. And so what we hope to talk about in the next episode is, okay, now you've created space. What do you fill it with? Which is really exciting. So I think the timing with Len is like perfect. So what would you say to somebody that is not as naturally disconnected from the news cycle as like, for instance, I am? And you are now, you know, someone who was very much in the thick of it, of serious media usage in terms of, okay, I, I'm definitely checking everything all the time. And like, this is my lunch break, you know what I mean? Or like, this yep. is my yep. time yep. to read through these articles, you know, what's a way to begin that won't feel quite so jarring. So I think, I think that's a good question. One I think that's a lot of Americans that you're talking about. I think many people will say, well, it's important for my job. Unless you're in media relations or you're a journalist, that doesn't apply. So first of all, work through what your objections might be. You work through them. I can't do that for you. Like think of why you want to resist it so much. What is it about it? Really get to the core, peel back the onion. Like what really is this doing for me, right? And then pick one or two big offenders. So the first thing I eliminated was the Daily Mail because it was like such a trashy, awesome website. But like- <laughs> I watched how I felt. So the, and I, the, we go into this in the book. First step is always week one is always awareness. You're not changing anything. You are simply noting how often you listen to podcasts are on the news or on, uh, on the news, on social media. Um, you just notice it. 
I think just by noticing it, you can come away with some really hard truths about yourself, right? So you don't even have to eliminate anything. First step, be aware, right? How do I use this thing? Step number two, if you are uncomfortable going cold turkey, and I think sometimes this can really upset people. I'm not trying to make light of it. Like having a lot of silence when you've been filling your life with inputs can trigger a lot of things. And it can't, it, it's, we can, we can get into this later, but like that's energy that's used to feeding off you that you now are kicking out. You will expect a reaction. You will get one. You will absolutely get a reaction. So if that freaks you out a little bit and you're like, I just don't know, start with a big offender. Start with, with something that when you engage with it, you don't feel great. Every time I would be done reading the Daily Mail, I didn't feel good. There's usually a, ch- a story about like animal abuse on there. If you look, it's it's news. It's like, if it bleeds, it leads. There's usually a murder on there. There's usually, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm like looking amazing or awful in a bathing suit. So it's like, I would get off of it and not feel great. So my advice would be like, look at what you don't feel great doing and eliminate those things first. Cause usually there's something that does not bring a lot of joy that you're randomly still compelled to do. And again, not your fault. This is human nature. Those people are smart. They write really good articles. <laughs> it's like start there first. But I think the key to all of this is just awareness. Like, Hey, why do, why do you want to do this in the first place? <laughs> like, what do you want to change? Right. Cause if nothing changes, nothing changes. And if you, you cannot expect to gain wisdom about yourself and your life, if you are constantly filling yourself with out, outside insights, right. Cause it has not, that doesn't come from you. None of it comes from you. The silence is part of you. Right. So it's like, I think understanding your why being aware, and then maybe taking off an offender that you don't feel good like using. And the easiest ones are the social media. That's one that tends to come up a lot. Like I don't feel great after I'm on Instagram, I feel kind of less. And it's like, well, then don't be on Instagram. You know what I mean? Like start with those, I think is the best piece. Mm. Yeah. That's a smart beginning because you kind of get an instant win, you know, and, and we need those things. We need to like feel positive when we're starting something new. That's a a habit. You know, I think when we have like a kind of like a low hanging fruit style win at the very beginning. Yeah. <laughs> it just spurs us on and motivates us to pursue more and to like, you know, I mean, we, we need that little bit of gratification when you're making big changes. Right. Yes. So I think I totally something that will instantly be um, a positive step is, is really smart for sure. Yep. Agree. Oh, there's two that are left. One is do something creative, which we talked about a little bit, like how creativity is in all of us. And the one after that is called managing your spirit, which is all about, um, so beyond just the function of prayer and meditation, like that's just like, here are things you can use. Managing your spirit is like, okay, so you have a, you have a, um, you have a setup like way of how you pray and meditate. So if we've done prayer and meditation, creativity is next. And then after that, managing your spirit. Okay. Well, I think we should talk about creativity then for sure next okay. week. Love it. And that'll be fun because that's like a category that I love. I yeah, love you're, you're the queen on this one. This will be really cool. So I'll be back with another episode in one week. In the meantime, check out more content on olivebranchmom.com and follow me on Instagram at olivebranchmom. Check out my show notes for links to both. Thanks for listening. All right, my dear. I will talk to you later. Great talking to you. Uh, Same here. Bye. Bye.